Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. How are we drawn to Jesus? Through his weakness, through yeah. his suffering. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not talking about false humility or being too, you know, self-diminishing, right? That's but but to really show that yeah, we are human and that we have struggled and we suffer and that only Jesus, only Jesus and his and God's grace has made it possible for us to be where we are today. That's the only reason I'm I'm sitting here with yeah. you today is Jesus. Yeah. The heartfelt words of Ryan Alexander, the lead pastor of a large church and a pastor who has been very transparent with his congregation about his mental health challenges and how that message has changed his church. Welcome to Life support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was. He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. This is Life Support, hosted by Pastor Paul Johnson from Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. My name is Steve Johnson, director of Five Stone Media, a co sponsor of this program, and our goal, as always, is to use this story to bring hope and healing. And now let's join the conversation with Pastor Paul. So glad you're with us on Life Support. And what we do on this program is we want you to find a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ through suffering and trauma, because we believe that in those dark times of life, that's when Jesus really emerges And that's when many times he does his best work in our lives. But we need to stick together and do that together. And so today we're talking about some issues around mental illness and how to talk about it and how to help others and so forth. And our guest is Ryan Alexander, who's the lead pastor at Hosanna Church here in the Twin Cities area. And it's so glad to have you, Ryan. Thanks for being here. It's great to be here, Paul. Thanks for having me. You at your church are not afraid to explore trauma. In fact, you're in a series on trauma right now. How is that being received? So far, so good. We're one week in. It's a three-week series, but it does seem to be striking a chord with people, especially this year. I think it's it's always relevant, and, and I did say that very clearly. It's not just because of the past 14 months that we need to talk about trauma, but this this stretch, this season has exacerbated the need to and, and the struggle with um, trauma and the impact that it has on our lives. Do you find it easier to talk about trauma in the midst of a pandemic because everybody has a little bit of a touch point at least? Yeah, I think that? I think it is a little bit easier and I think people are hearing it, you know, in in the media and and so forth. Um but but we still have had to normalize it, you know, that when people hear trauma, they think the big T traumas. They think abuse, they think serving in a war, you know, zone, they think about sudden loss of a loved one and those are all significant trauma experiences, but we all experience little T traumas every day. We define trauma this way to just again make it universal for for people in their experience that that trauma is any disruption to an otherwise healthy system. Uh, the, the the Greek word for um, trauma means wound. You know, so a wound is uh, is is when the skin is pierced. An otherwise healthy layer of skin is traumatized or pierced. And so, whether that's our our emotional system, a bodily system, family system, work system, community system. Every system over the last fourteen months or so has been disrupted in some way. So we've all experienced some trauma. Yeah, that reminds me when you pointed at your wrist, uh, what kind of trauma Jesus went through. Yeah. And I was talking to my church uh, a couple of weeks ago about affliction and and how God uses times like this to to draw us to himself. And Jesus voluntarily 
voluntarily put himself under just extreme duress. I, I think we have no idea. Yeah, psychological and physical trauma. And I said in the first week of the series that really the story of the Bible in many ways is a story of trauma. You know, specific people experiencing trauma, you know, Cain and Abel from the very beginning, Joseph who's thrown into a pit by his brothers, Tamar, daughter of King David, Job loses everything. In the New Testament, we've got Paul and Peter and all the apostles experiencing some persecution. And then at the very center, of course, is Jesus. And, and the real, the big narrative is also a story of trauma, that, that sin in Genesis 3 disrupts an otherwise healthy, perfect creation. So it, do, it does have a lot of—that theme is all over Scripture, and yet it doesn't end there. Uh, it, the, the Scripture also points us to the possibility of healing from trauma. Yeah, and that's where the hope really is. And much of this for you was born in experiences that you had when you were much younger. Tell me about that. Yeah. So looking back on it now, I mean, you just don't know um, until you know, but but I, I struggled with um, generalized anxiety. I was diagnosed with OCD um, in, my, in my 20s as well, which is um, an anxiety disorder. And, uh, and so that was a, and has been a big part of my uh, journey in life. And and then it culminated and came to a head um, in my late teens, early 20s, where I had a couple of suicide attempts. And um, as hard as that was, as dark as that was, that's also when God you know, really showed up like only he can and, and turned me, um, put my feet on solid ground and turned me in a new direction, which is a direction that I now have been on for the last 25 years, a healing mm-hmm. journey. And so here you are now, a lead pastor of a church that uh, is a highly respected church, but you weren't afraid to come out even before you got the job and say, listen, I'm still struggling with this. Tell me what that was like. Yeah. Well, it may not have been the textbook way to uh, introduce myself, you know, <laughs> as the new lead pastor. I, I've been at the church for uh, already five, six years, and so I wasn't new to them, but I was about to become the second lead pastor that Hosanna had ever known after 35 years. Um, our founding pastor, Bill Boleyn, started the church, and then um, uh, I was to be the next lead pastor. So two months before that um, took place, we did a series called Out of the Shadows, um, breaking down the stigma around mental health in the church, and I, I wrestled with it. And so you say that I wasn't afraid. Well, I, there, there was a, a fair amount of fleshy fear in all of that, and but I ultimately decided, in fact, I, I wasn't going to tell my whole story, and then I'm way, way home from where I was working on my message. God just revealed in the way the only he can, that, you know, you're supposed to share your story. Um, and so I did. And uh, it was, you know, I had a bit of a vulnerability hangover the next day, uh, yeah. and there's gonna, that's going to be part of it. But, yeah. but quickly I got over that because just flooded with emails. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. We feel more connected to you. We, we feel like you're more real, and we feel like now we can actually pursue some of the help and healing that we need in our lives. Yeah, that's, it's so important for pastors to hear that too because many times I'll write a manuscript and then I'll go back and I'll say, wow, there's nothing of there's nothing of me in here. You know, it's all really good stuff to teach, but they need some of how I connect to this. Yeah. And that's and people do want to hear how you're grappling with these different issues. Yeah. But it takes courage to lay it out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And and it takes um, just remembering that Jesus as our model, um, God became flesh, you know, an incarnational model. And so uh, we we share our lives with our people as well. 
as you know, you can overdo that. We don't want to overdo that in certain ways or make ourselves the hero or, or because that's part of the problem is we start to present ourselves and people are ready to put pastors and leaders up on pedestals. You know, that that's what. Yeah, don't do that with me. Yeah. You're yeah. going yeah. to be severely disappointed <laughs> <laughs> if you try that with me. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I get it. Um, but but we um, so we have to manage it. But I think sharing our lives and some of our struggles specifically is really important. Yeah, one of the authors I really appreciate is uh, Paul Tripp, and he yeah. is is constantly talking about how we are pursuing our little kingdoms as little gods and how we just have to keep connecting with God's grace all yeah. of the time. Yeah. And really, that's our hope, isn't it? God's grace Amen. through all this? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yet, you know, Paul talks about God's power is made perfect in weakness, right? And and yeah. we, we tend to forget that that's... That, that requires acknowledging our weakness. Acknowledging well, but our see, struggle. churches don't want churches want um, charisma. They want they want somebody that's going to build the ministry. They yeah. want somebody who's going to draw the people. Yeah, who cast the vision. Like you did it wrong. Like what you're supposed to do before you get the job is you're supposed to stand up there in your khakis and your nice family and show pictures. You know of of what you've done before and share your long term vision, which are all very good things. But the fact that you sh- were willing to share that with people that goes far beyond any of that. Yeah, it, it's gonna. That's how you win people over. Not just, not just to to appreciating what you have to offer to bring to the church, but you're pointing them to Christ immediately because yeah. that's what you really want. Yeah. And again, that's the way of Jesus, right? How are we drawn to Jesus through His weakness, through yeah. His suffering? Mm-hmm. And and I'm not talking about false humility or being too, you know, self diminishing, right? That's but. But to really show that, yeah, we are human and that we have struggled and we suffer, and that only Jesus, only Jesus, and His and God's grace has made it possible for us to be where we are today. That's the only reason I'm I'm sitting here with yeah. you today is Jesus. Yeah. Well, me too. And there 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 may be someone right now who's saying to themselves, you know, I wonder if if the things I'm struggling with might be mental illness, or I see some things in my children that I'm concerned about. And we know as believers that there's another realm out there. There's, there's powers of darkness that are trying to crush us, that are trying to steal away the joy that, that God wants to give us. And now I'm going to put a little bit of a caption into this. You and I are not therapists. Yeah. We're just pastors. Yeah. And so we just basically know how to talk and so forth. But how would you counsel someone to try to ferret out how much, what's spiritual warfare, what's mental illness, and how can I— how can I know if I'm really healthy mentally? Yeah, it's a great question, uh, and there, there's a lot to think about there. But my first thought is I think people are too quick to separate, you know, mental health, spiritual warfare, and and we, we could afford to look at things more holistically and, and also um, have less separation between – you know, body and spirit, you know, and in Western Christianity, especially, there's this unhealthy kind of almost dualism that, you know, body, flesh, bad, spirit, good. God made all of us. Mm-hmm. He made all of us. And mm-hmm. so, so we could afford to lean back into that, you know, that there's something about our body. Paul talks about, you know, the body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, you know, we're to care for our bodies, but also pay attention to our bodies. So I've learned part of my journey, you say we're not therapists. If, if you could become one by seeing a few therapists over the years, I probably yes, could be, but I'm not. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But, but, uh, but I've, I've, I've been learning a big part of my journey. A lot, early on, it was more cognitive, behavioral kind of stuff. And then um, I've experienced some, uh, some 
form of therapy called EMDR, which has been really helpful. Um, late, lately, though, it's just been learning to pay attention to what my body is trying to tell me. God created us in a certain way, you know, our brains in a certain way to respond to fear in healthy ways under normal circumstances, but trauma and other experiences that we have along the way disrupts that healthy process, that healthy system. Um, and and so then we we find ourselves in threat response or trauma response mode in times when we shouldn't be. And that's when I'm learning go, okay, I'm feeling like for me, I, I my stomach gets tight. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, even coming in here and doing a podcast, which I haven't done a ton of these. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm feeling, why am I afraid? Am I afraid of Paul? Is he, is he going to attack me? And, Many you know, people are. Right. right. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know you. You might have, right? right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but, but to just pay attention to that, why is there an actual threat here? But my body is responding like there's a threat. So that's one of the ways you could take it. I, I think also to just assume that there probably is some form of disruption, you know, mentally into our mental health, most, you know, most days, most of the time. And so does that mean everyone needs to run off and see a counselor for what they're dealing with? No. Although I have said and will continue to say that I think everyone could afford to go through some therapy and counseling at some point in their lives, maybe multiple points in their lives. Um, but, but how do you know? I mean, I think it's having trusted people in your life. I think it's having, you know, um, experts uh, in some shape or form who can speak into. I would always err on the side of going. I had a, a therapist tell me once, I said, you know, I think I'm pretty, I've got most of this, you know, worked out, worked through. And, and, and she said, you know what, Ryan, I would, at one point in my life, I realized that there was always going to be a little bit more to, to work through, to work on. And I've, I've adopted this mentality. I'm going to leave no stone unturned. I'm going to leave no stone unturned. And so what's the next stone that needs to be unturned? There's always another stone for us in our growth, in our, in our spiritual growth, and in our healing journey. We'll be back to the conversation with Paul and Ryan in just a moment. You know, Pastor Paul is hosting this program from a unique perspective. A survivor himself of family trauma, losing a wife and a son. And that's what life support is really all about. Survivors and Discussion with Survivors. My name is Steve Johnson, Executive Director of Five Stone Media, and we are so pleased to be a co-sponsor of this program. And for more about our work, log on to www.lifesupportresources.org. And now, back to Pastor Paul. I'm going to leave no stone unturned. And so what's the next stone that needs to be unturned? There's always another stone for us in our growth, in our, in our spiritual growth, and in our healing journey. Yeah, one thing I want my congregation to know on a consistent basis is that God's love is not going to fluctuate by how I'm, I'm feeling or um, how I might be doing emotionally in a period of time in my life. And I think that Growing up in the church, you become conditioned to see a quote-unquote strong Christian as acting a particular way or being in a particular mindset. And there are some mornings, and I've learned to identify this in my own life as just, I call it, my soul is dark. Hmm. Can't really explain it. Um, Probably comes from much of the trauma that I've experienced in my own life. But I'll just sit there, and my Bible's in front of me, and I'm I'm just in a in a in a different place. I have no idea how I got there. I have no idea why it's this way today. But I'm becoming more and more aware of and convinced that God has not changed. Yeah, God is right there. That's Jesus good. is standing there with me, looking at that garbage, and He's saying it's okay. And you know, many many people really believe that 
the love of God is somehow attached to their ability to persevere or, or behave properly. And then and then you can't really deal with this because you're even going to try to hide it from God. Yeah. So how do you go about being vulnerable with God yeah. in your life? Yeah. It's really good, Paul. Yeah, something I've picked I've picked up on recently and it's again it's paying attention to your body or how you're feeling or what you're saying. And I I've had a lot of trouble just focusing. I think some of that is, you know, the last 14 months and leaders, oh, leaders, uh, you know, lots of different groups of people have had particularly challenging, traumatic experiences over the last 14 months. It's been very hard. But leaders, I mean, the constant crisis management, the criticism, the, you know, you make a decision and some people are going to be upset, some people are not. And and so, and then everything changes the next day after you make a decision, right? So, so for leaders, uh, be gentle with yourselves. Um, uh, but but something I've noticed recently, even in my quiet time this morning, just how hard it is for me to focus. I mean, my mind's already always firing pretty fast, but in my time with the Lord, um, it's just been harder to focus on Him, and, and my mind's going to this task or this situation or decision. And, and so I'm just aware of that, and I know what I need to do, and I think we all need to do to some degree. Jesus withdrew and, and yeah. found that quiet place, mm-hmm. is just find extended periods of quiet and solitude. When I get, you know, it usually takes three, four hours. I know that's not for everybody. I'm an introvert, so I, you know, I'm drawn to it already. But I think for all of us, um, that's when I begin to find, you know, God, God's always there. He's always there, but we're not, you know. And so to just be present and to be quiet and to listen and to not be doing anything or saying anything, um, that's where I start to feel grounded again. Yeah, that's really good. And you don't have to have all the answers because God has those that's already. Right. So what would you say to someone who said, hey, Ryan, like, am I, am I, is there something wrong with me? Am I defective because I have a struggle with mental illness? Not any more than, than anyone else, another, any other human being on the planet. You know, and it's part of breaking down that stigma around mental health in the church. How is something being off in our brain, our our, our neural pathways, different than having diabetes or having a broken leg um, and needing medical care for those things? Uh, so, so that's part of how I would respond to people who ask that question. And and then I would say, yeah, we all um, are one of the phrases we've kind of picked up along the way, or maybe I came up with it. I don't know. There's nothing new under the sun, but that we're all beautiful and broken. You know, we're creating the image of God, imago dei, and we are part of the fall, the fall of humanity. So we're all equally beautiful and broken. And the fact that some people are more beautiful and less broken is actually a lie from the pit of hell. Um, it just is, or vice versa, that I'm more broken than and we're all equally beautiful and broken, and we all need Jesus. It's not culturally applied, so no. it's different. It's different. We have to live differently. Yeah. Because culturally, there are, there are different dimensions of who's more important than others. Yeah. And who's more beautiful, who's more functional. Yeah. But in God's eyes, we're all the same. And that's a beautiful truth, actually. Yeah. It should bring comfort and hope to all of us. Yeah. Because you've been through a lot, and you've been willing to share with your congregation, and I appreciate that uh, so very much. So you mentioned how hard it has been to be a pastor during the pandemic. 
And I don't like talking about this because I don't want people to think that I'm complaining or yeah or whining and um but I, get, it, I get it, Paul. But it's been it's been <laughs> it's been really hard. Yeah. And so number one, pray for your pastor. Yeah. Because he's Amen. going through some stuff that you probably don't really know. He's hanging in there for dear life. But how have you seen the pandemic affect you? And you've mentioned the 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 part about focusing. Yeah. Has God has God done healing work in you through this, through your mental illness and trauma as well? Or has it just been this kind of difficult roller coaster ride that you're hoping to get off of really quick here? Yeah, again, like only God can, as hard as it's been at times, um, I, I have experienced some healing, and God has brought me to greater depths uh, with him. I uh, went through a bout with insomnia in, in January, and I actually had I had COVID in November, so some people have had COVID months later. Um, they experienced some neurological disruption that can lead to insomnia. So it might have been that, but I think it might have been that plus the stress and the constant crisis management and, de- and decision making and and the sense of people you know really struggling with their own trauma and their own fear, and that's coming out at you in ways and leaking out at, at, at you as a leader. So all of that. Um, but in the midst of that, it was about three weeks of um, insomnia, uh, which I had never experienced before. But in the middle of that, um, you know, God, in the middle of the night, um, God just drew me a little bit closer and, and said, Ryan, I want you to want me more than anything else, even more than sleep, more than people's approval, more than your boys to grow up and become everything that you hope they become. So, again, I wouldn't have experienced that without you know, without this COVID season and all that's been going on these past 14 months, without that insomnia, um, in Psalm 73, there is a verse that I want you more than anything, Lord. Um, and, uh, and so that was a deeper place that God drew me as a result of this, which does anchor me and root me even deeper in his grace and in his presence. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Uh, you know, don't waste this pandemic because— we're all going to try to run back to normal and don't run so fast that you miss what God has taught you during this period of time. Because I think a lot of teaching has been going on. Yeah. And I think we've learned a lot about ourselves. We've learned a lot about the people that we pastor and the people that we go to work with. And if we run back to normal too quickly, some of those lessons uh, might be lost. Now you're in a series right now about mental health, right? Tell me about that. Yeah, specifically on trauma. Uh, we've, we've done a series on mental health uh, basically every other year since that first one in 2015. Uh, we did one on shame in, in 2017. We did one, it's called Unstuck, and we looked at anxiety, depression, and, and other uh, mental health conditions and, and, uh, and healing opportunities in, in 2019. And then this year we're taking on the topic of trauma, which uh, you know May is Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, and it has been since 1949. There's also a Mental Health Awareness Month, I think, in the fall, October maybe. So there are a couple of those, um, depending on which one you go with. But we were planning to do one in October, and we just sensed the Lord leading us to wait um, a little bit longer. And actually, we had some mental health professionals in our church say, you know, you might want to wait until May uh, for this one, because a lot of people are going to be dealing with uh, the effect of trauma and disruption in their lives. And um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's the series we've just started, um, God and Trauma, and we're going through... Um, 
Psalm 139 kind of as a framework. God knows us. He knows everything about us. Uh, He knows how we're going to think, act, and speak even before we do when we're in an otherwise healthy place and when we're in a disrupted place, a place that's been disrupted by trauma. So, so we've got to draw closer to him, the one who knows us better than we know ourselves, what we're going to say, act, and, you know, and, and, and think before we do. Um, and then let him show us what's really going on inside of us. Mm-hmm. It takes time and it takes care, you know, caring for ourselves, caring for each other to do that. So, yeah, it's, it seems like a timely series and it seems to be resonating with people so far. And where can I find that online? Uh, you can go to our website, www.hosannalc.org, and go to you know, watch messages, I think, and, and the series is called God and Trauma. All right. Ryan Alexander, the head pastor, lead pastor at Hosanna, thanks so much for being here. It's really been great to talk with you and hear your story, and uh, you're doing a lot of good work. So, Thank you, Paul. Well Thank done. you for all that you're doing, both here at Ridgewood and also uh, just taking this message to the larger church. It's so important. You're welcome. Uh, that's Ryan Alexander, and we're glad to have you with us as well. Life Support is here to talk about trauma, to talk about difficulties, and to find out how God can just enter into that, and you can meet him in a new and profound way. Um, when he speaks to you. It's uh, brought to you by many partners. Faith Radio is one of them, myfaithradio.com. At Five Stone Media, you can watch a video version of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com. They've also got curriculum there that you can access if you're a church leader regarding trauma, regarding getting people to another level and helping them to walk through trauma in their lives. And here at Ridgewood Church, we would love to have you support this ministry. We uh, so produce this right here at Ridgewood and for more information on that you can just go to myrwc.org give and I'd love to see you on Twitter at Pastor Paul J. So thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time right here on Life Support. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.